The New York Islanders are one of the National Hockey League's most storied franchises since their incredible run of four straight Stanley Cups, spanning from 1980 to 83. During this iconic run, the Islanders would win 19 straight playoff series, a record that still stands to this day. Here we will witness one of the most iconic moments in Islanders franchise history when Bobby Nystrom scored the Stanley Cup winning goal. In the 40 years since this iconic run, the Islanders struggled for a while, finding relative regular season success again in the late 90s to the early 2000s, but the same couldn't be said about the playoffs, as spanning from 1993 to 2016, they couldn't get past the first round of the playoffs. But in 2016, John Tavares ended the streak in a thrilling overtime victory against the Florida Panthers. In the years following, the Islanders would continue to find success, leading us into the topic of today's podcast, the New York Islanders 2023 season wrap-up. I'm your host, Dominic Esposito, and I will be taking you through every up, down, twist, and turn of this season. Along the way, I will be joined by guests Anthony Smith and Matt Dragoto, along with interviews from Islanders fans live from the UBS Arena during the last game of the regular season. Without further ado... Let's jump right in. The Islanders opened the doors of the 2022-23 season in October against the Florida Panthers. There were a lot of familiar faces on the ice, but also a few new ones. One of the biggest changes that took place within the Islanders organization was the hiring of Lane Lambert as head coach after his predecessor, Barry Trotz, was let go. This change was made after last year's season when the Islanders missed the playoffs for the first time in three years since Trotz was hired. Trotz has the third most wins all time for an NHL head coach. When the Islanders hired Trotz back in 2018, they were coming off of a playoff miss, so they made a change at the helm. Trotz had just won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals. He was due to become a free agent that same offseason, so the Islanders were able to hand him a four-year deal for Trotz to become the 16th head coach in franchise history. Do you think Barry Trotz should have been fired that season? Uh, no, I don't. I think that um, he should have been given another season or, 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 or even two because, remember, he is a winning, a winning coach. Well, I don't think that he was given enough time to turn the Islanders to win the uh, Stanley Cup. You were just hearing from Anthony Smith. Anthony is a longtime Islanders fan who grew up out on Long Island, and Anthony witnessed the Islanders' iconic run of four straight Stanley Cups firsthand. He was actually at the game that Bobby Nystrom scored the Stanley Cup winning goal to win the Islanders their first Stanley Cup. This was a pretty rough offseason for the Islanders, as soon after Trotz was hired, the Islanders would lose their former first overall draft pick from the 2009 draft and captain, John Tavares, in free agency. After Tavares' contract expired, he's allowed to sign with any team, and he chose to sign with his hometown team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, instead of the Islanders. Boy, oh boy, Islanders fans were pissed. And that could be an understatement. The fans and some of the media accused Tavares of misleading the Islanders as he stated on multiple occasions that he desired to play on Long Island. How much do you want to remain an Islander? I mean, I, this is uh, obviously where I, I hope to be, and uh, I've always stated that. Like I said I always hope things work out. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we can work something out, and, and uh, I'm here. Um, obviously, I wanted to work out here. You know, I, I hope it all works out too, and, and I'm back as well. You know, I, I hope to be back. Hope things work out to stay. You know, wanted to work out here. You know, I'm hoping I'm, I'm coming back and, and love it here, and you know, wanted to work out here. So hopefully, we can uh, 
get something done. You'd like to get something done as, as soon as uh, as soon as possible. I've never said that I'm expecting to leave or looking to leave. I've always wanted it to work out. I want to give my my you know want it to work out here. So hopefully we can uh, get something done. You'd like to get something done as as soon as uh, as soon as possible. I've never said that I'm expecting to leave or looking to leave. I've always wanted it to work out. I want to give my myself the best opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. And Arthur Staple, reporter for the Athletic, stated. And I quote, the Islanders acquiesced to Tavares' desire to not be traded and not talk contract at all throughout the year, even as the team tumbled down the standings, end quote. When Islanders fans found out that Tavares left and they got zero in return, this only infuriated them more. If Tavares was going to end up leaving, fans wanted him to make that decision earlier on in the season so they could at least get something back in a trade. When Tavares, now a member of the Maple Leafs, returned to the Nassau Coliseum to play the Islanders for the first time, fans absolutely and unequivocally voiced their displeasure. Islanders fans chanted and booed Tavares all night. Here are some clips from that game. So I'm joined with fellow Islanders fan Matt. So Matt, what do you what do you make of the situation of Tavares leaving? Uh, well, my opinion might be biased, but uh, Tavares really left the Islanders out to dry. He said multiple times, like Dominic said, he wanted to stay on Long Island and be an Islander forever. And he lied to the franchise. He lied to the fans and the media. And he left us just to go to Toronto and to lose a bunch of playoff series. So I mean, good for him. He was our captain, but he's a snake in my mind. Tavares leaving actually wasn't so bad after all, as the Islanders would go on to have tremendous success in the coming years. I touched on it earlier about how Trotz was hired that same offseason. So let's take a deeper dive into his tenure on the island. In Trotz's first year, 2018-19, he led the Islanders all the way to the playoffs. In the process, the Islanders had one of the most impressive turnarounds in history going from the most goals allowed in the NHL the year before Trotz to the least goals allowed in the NHL in Trotz's first year. This is one of the greatest feats in NHL history. Trotz's strong defensive structure helped lead the Islanders to back-to-back conference final appearances. Trotz was let go during this past offseason after his third season as the Islanders head coach. This was the first time during his tenure that the Islanders failed to qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
This was a strange and downright surprising move to many, who viewed the previous Islanders' season as a fluke. Some viewed the Islanders' record of 37 wins, 35 losses, and 10 losses in overtime as not that bad considering the circumstances the team faced that year. The Islanders had to start the season off on a 13-game road trip as their new arena wasn't yet fully built. And there were a number of injuries and cases of COVID-19. For a team to go on a, you know, that many uh, uh, road games at the beginning of the season, is, it's, I, I, have, I, I don't know of any other uh, team that's done that. So, um, But, he, you know, you can see the steady progression that he's given, um, that he's made with the Islanders. Um, so every year it was, you know, he, he, he took them one step further. Um, so I don't think that they should have um, let him go that early. But then again, he, he is doing better now, I think, right? Because he is a co-owner or no, he's a general manager. Um, so maybe that was a good thing for him. I don't think that was a good thing for the Islanders, but because now his assistant coach is the actual coach and this is his first year. Um but I think that I think that he should have had at least one more year uh, to get these guys to the uh, Stanley Cup. Taking Trotz's place as head coach was actually Trotz's former assistant coach and former 18-season NHL player himself, Lane Lambert. Lambert worked under Trotz from 2011 to 2022 during their tenure together, starting in Nashville, then Washington, then the Islanders. Also occurring this past offseason was the acquisition of 22-year-old defenseman Alex Romanov from the Montreal Canadiens for the Islanders' first-round pick. The Islanders kicked off the 2022-23 season strong. Under Lambert's leadership, the Islanders won 10 of their first 16 games this season. Islanders goaltender Ilya Sorokin had an outstanding stretch to start the season, further solidifying himself as one of the best goalies on the planet, according to NHL.com. The Islanders were playing really well, and it felt like they were back to playing strong hockey like they were just two seasons ago. The Islanders continued their strong play until around the month of December, when the injuries started to pile up. The Islanders were without five players from their usual lineup. One of the injured Islanders, Cal Clutterbuck, helps form one of the best fourth lines in hockey, along with Matt Martin and Casey Sezikis. The trio of Martin, Sezikis, and Clutterbuck play a physical, hard work, and a set-the-tone type of style, which really helps provide a spark for the Islanders. It's devastating to the team because especially when you have each, each one of these guys, especially Cl Clutterbuck, he does so much, right? He hits, um, he, he gets involved in every little thing, and, and he, he brings to the game 100% every single day. Every game, every time. No matter what it is, no matter what the deal is, he's there. But you also got to remember, too, that this is a really fast game, and there's a lot of hitting involved, and these guys can get hurt. I mean, it's just, you know, the nature of the beast. Um, the problem is that once these, when these guys get hurt, it really affects, it affects the team. I mean, it's, it's obvious. It's a link in the chain, and when the link breaks, the chain is not as strong as it was before. With all the injuries piling up, the Islanders had to call up players from the minor league. Those players consisted of Hudson Fashing and Atu Ratu. Hudson Fashing did not make the Islanders out of training camp, but he was having a successful campaign in the minor league, recording 7 goals and 4 assists in 18 games. Fashing debuted for the Islanders on December 4th. Since then, he has been the definition of a hard worker. Fashing has played all over the lineup, displaying his hard work, strong passion, and dedication all over the ice. 
Fashing's brother and sister suffer from a mitochondrial disorder, leaving them unable to walk or speak. Hockey is tough, but it doesn't compare to what my siblings face every day. Meet Cooper and Mallory. They both have a condition that prevents them from walking and talking, but they keep me going. I know I'm fortunate just to be able to walk. I take nothing for granted. I feel the need to use the gifts that I have for them. The injuries to key players took a toll on the Islanders, as during the month of January, the Islanders' struggles would continue as they would compile four wins to go along with eight losses and three overtime losses. Since the Islanders were struggling, this allowed the surrounding teams to come close to the Islanders in points. Now there were several teams competing with the Islanders for the few remaining playoff spots. This definitely had me feeling worried because... The Islanders could only afford to lose a certain amount of more games before they would fall out of the playoffs. And it was just really a scary time for Islanders fans. During this month, some Islanders fans were conflicted, not knowing whether they want the team to sell off assets and enter a rebuild or go all in. Some fans started to become upset with Islanders general manager Lou Lamorello for not making any moves during this month. The month of February was a crucial month for the Islanders as they entered the month with a 25 win, 22 loss, and 5 overtime losses record. If the Islanders didn't start to win games, they would quickly fall out of the race for the playoffs as the teams around them in the standings were doing fairly well. On February 2nd, the Islanders would shock the hockey world, acquiring superstar forward Bo Horvat from the Vancouver Canucks. Horvat was the Canucks captain. The Islanders traded Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Ratu, and their 2023 first-round draft pick in order to acquire Horvat. Horvat is a goal-scoring two-way player who is one of the best face-off takers in the entire NHL. Horvat made his Islanders debut against the Flyers, a game in which the Islanders won 2-1. When Horvat made his home debut against the Seattle Kraken, Islanders fans gave him a warm welcome. Ovation for Bo Horvat. His first game as an Islander. What's the chant here, guys? We need to work on that. Is it Horvat or is it Bo Horvat? They're still ironing out the details. I think we can get better. The Islanders were still trying to gain some traction. In the process, they gave up six goals in a 6-5 defeat to the Vancouver Canucks. They scored five, but let up six. You can't do that in the NHL. While I was proud of the offense for scoring, uh, the defense... You just heard from Matt Dragoto, who is a huge Islanders fan that lives out on Long Island. Matt got his Islanders fandom and passion from his dad, who is an Islanders fan himself. Matt grew up attending games at the Islanders' iconic former arena, the Nassau Coliseum. Horvat paired with Matthew Barzell and Anders Lee formed a strong partnership, helping the Islanders to a successful stretch of games. On February 18th, the Islanders suffered a huge blow, losing one of their superstar players, Matthew Barzell, against the Boston Bruins. Craig Smith from the Bruins collided knee-on-knee -knee with Barzell, causing him to leave the game. When I saw Barzell go down, I was just holding my breath. Barzell is so important to this team. With Barzell out, the Islanders' man-up advantage heavily struggled. Barzell is an excellent skater who creates chances for himself and his teammates. And without him, 
the Islanders struggled to find consistent success on the power play. Once out of maybe 20 power plays, that I mean, they're at the bottom of, of, of the list in the HL with power plays. Um, so he definitely does a lot. Um, he's, the, he's the one that everyone relies on entry, to enter the zone, especially on a power play. So, you know, when everyone fades back and the power play begins, he, he comes back, he comes around, and then he's like he's shot out of a cannon. He just comes across and he crosses that blue line and enters the zone and passes the puck. I mean, no one can do it like him. The Islanders definitely, definitely, definitely are feeling him being out right now because even just entering the zone, they're having a tough, tough, tough time. So it's definitely a, a big hit for sure. Some analysts started to speculate that they weren't going to be making the playoffs this year, but the Islanders seem to be at their best with their back against the wall as they started to find their footing, winning three out of the next five games against tough opponents. Later that month, the Islanders acquired Pierre Engvall from the Maple Leafs for a third-round pick. Engvall can skate like the wind, and he is a massive presence, standing at six foot five, 219 pounds. In the month of February, the Islanders won two humongous games against the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team they were fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot against. These wins proved to be key in the future. Entering April, the final month of the season, the Islanders were about to play critical games that would determine their playoff push. The Islanders started off the month with back-to-back -back games against the Lightning and the Hurricanes. In the first game, the Islanders lost 5-0 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They would also lose the next game to the Carolina Hurricanes. But the Islanders would respond by winning their next two games, two huge wins against the Lightning and the Flyers. I had the pleasure of watching the Lightning game and sharing insight and commentary with Anthony Smith. Here's the footage from that game. That was a really good chance there. Oh, Pelic scores. Yeah, one nothing. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that all started from fashing there. He came around the net and tried to do a wraparound. And when he did the wraparound, goalie just kicked it out. Then he kicked it right to Pelic. And then uh, Pelic, uh, just about from uh, top of the key, uh, he, yeah, actually he was, yeah, top of the key. He went ahead and just put it right, right, right by uh, Elliot, I think his name. Yeah, Elliot, right by the goalie, Elliot. So, um, good play. He didn't even see it, actually. He was being blocked in the front by Pajot. Uh, it looked like Pajot was, uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, actually Pajot deflected it. So, uh, awesome. So that's one. Took, uh, it took ten, uh, about 10 minutes uh, into the second period to get the first one, but we got the first one, so we just got to keep that up here. No, oh, and we just got another one now. Brock Front, Nelson. Yep, yeah. Front, Brock Nelson just got, got, we got our second one just about less than a minute after the Pajot goal, so we're, uh, we're on good track here, guys. Yeah, it was a really good play by Bolduc playing in his rookie year. Really good pass, really good patience. Nelson in front. What a shot by Brock Nelson. It's 2-0. We're just under five minutes left to go in the third here. Simon Holmstrom just scored a really big goal. 5-1 Islanders. Really playing strong after two tough games. Coming off a 5-0 loss to the Lightning and a 2-1 loss to the Hurricanes. I mean, they really, really are dominating and have taken over this game. You know, the Lightning just beat them 5-0, and the Islanders have really showed them up this game. Yeah, the, the, last week, the... Uh... Uh, the Islanders faced the same team and they beat them five five to zip, so they actually shut them out. But tonight uh, they're really on their their game. Um, uh, they must be, uh, I guess, they must be tired of losing these last couple of games. So uh, uh, right now uh, they're they're uh, they're definitely dominating five to one. Now you know 
you can say that, well, the Lightning is off their game right now because, as stated earlier, you know, they were, as we stated earlier during the second period when they got their second goal, uh, you know, that they played the Rangers last night and, they, you know, they're playing back-to-back games. But nonetheless, um, it's a game and you need to be, you have to be prepared to play every single night, day in, day out. So um, this doesn't only occur to the Lightning. The Islanders are the same situation uh, where they're on the road for a lot. So the point of the matter, the fact of the matter is that they're, they're, they're dominating this game and we have less than five minutes to go and the Islanders are winning five to one. So that's just an awesome thing on this game here and they need to win. All right. So we are 22 sec, 22.8 seconds left and the Islanders still up five to one. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Here comes Bo Horvat. Oh, there it is. Another goal. Yes, yes, yes. So we're up six to one with 22.8 seconds. Uh, as we as we speak in here, Bo Horvat scores a goal. Thompson, in front and they score! Bo Horvat adds to it. Six, one Islanders. Now that's a face-off win. And then that's what we expect from Dobson. That was a tremendous play. Before the faceoff, but watch the faceoff win. Dobson goes straight down. He's got his head up all the way. Borhovac has been a good addition to this team also. He's really, really coming out. I mean, he's got over 30 or 30-some-odd goals this season, so he's doing a fantastic job. He was acquired during this year's trade, and uh, it was definitely a, a good idea and a good trade for for the Islanders. Great goal by Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat's playing exceptionally well tonight. He's really strong on the faceoffs. And that is the game, ladies and gentlemen. That is the game. Islanders come out six to one, and they take this game over the Lightning. So yeah, between the Lightning and the and the Islanders, they within the last two weeks they played two times and they're uh, they got one each. So fantastic game, fantastic start, uh, fantastic finish. Uh, good job, Islanders. After this great game, I was hoping the Islanders would ride momentum for the three games remaining in the season, and they started off the last three games with a four nothing rout of the Philadelphia Flyers, and then the season got down to the wire. This is it. The last two games of the regular season, it all comes down to this. The Islanders had the Washington Capitals and the Montreal Canadiens left on the schedule. The Islanders' fate was in their hands. In the tightest of playoff races, the Islanders needed to win these last two games and they would secure a spot back in the playoffs for the first time since the 2020-21 season. Against the Capitals, the Islanders would give up two goals in the first minute and three seconds. Then by the end of the first period, the Islanders would find themselves in a hole down three to nothing. The Islanders would get their first goal with just about 15 minutes to go in the game from Fashing. Then Casey Sezikis would score late for the Islanders, but the Islanders would lose by the final score of five to two. This loss felt like I just got punched in the gut as the Islanders went from on the cusp of qualifying for the playoffs to now having a future filled with uncertainties. I mean, this game was huge, and growing up as an Islanders fan, seeing this game, it was traumatic flashbacks. It was like, this is what the Islanders used to do. I thought this team was different. Uh, having a must-win situation and losing that badly, it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad for the franchise. 
But the players know that, and the coaches know that. They just got to work on their game. This loss was a massive blow for the Islanders, as now the Penguins and Sabres had the chance to win out and qualify for the playoffs. The Islanders would need both of these teams to lose in order to have a chance themselves in the final game of the regular season to win and get in the playoffs. The Penguins played the following day at home against the Blackhawks, and the Blackhawks would play a solid game, defeating the Penguins by a final score of 5-2, to two, opening the door for the Islanders to have the chance to win one game and qualify for the playoffs. The stage was set for the final game of the season, a win-and-in situation on home ice at UBS Arena. I was able to attend this game and do some street interviews with Islanders fans and ask them questions about the season. save on Crystal Tang uh, not too long ago with his pile of the stick. Are you kidding me? Another unbelievable save by Sorokin. He just That was a big save in a big game. How do you think it's gonna go tonight? Tonight's big. They need the point. They need the point. They need the win. So let's get a win tonight. Yes, definitely. So what do you think is the biggest moment so far in this season? Oh, that's a hard question, you know, I mean, there's so many good moments. Um, getting Bo Horvat, Dobson, I mean, this is a great moment too. Every day there's another moment here. At What's your favorite moment uh, from this season? Uh, probably Bo Horvat's first game. Big Bo Horvat fan? Yeah. You ready for the game tonight? Of course. Those clips were from me interviewing Islanders fans right outside the UBS arena before the Islanders played a huge game. The atmosphere outside the arena was absolutely electric, and fans couldn't wait to see the Islanders play. When I went inside the arena, it felt like a playoff-type atmosphere. Fans were so excited, chanting and rooting for the Islanders to win and qualify. Here's some footage from inside the arena. The Islanders would score first, a huge goal by Brock Nelson, but the Canadians would tie it later on in the first period. Shortly after that, the Islanders got a huge goal near the end of the period from Hudson Fashing. In the second period, the Islanders would score with a nice deflection by Nelson, scoring his second of the night. The Canadians scored later on in the period with under four minutes to go. The Islanders entered the third period up a goal, and Captain Anders Lee would add a goal, propelling the Islanders to a 4-2 lead. With a few minutes to go in the game, UBS Arena was rocking. Fans chanting, let's go Islanders, and we want playoffs. 
the Islanders won the game by a final score of 4-2, to two, securing the Islanders' spot in the 2022-23 Stanley Cup playoffs. So Matt, what do you make of the Canadians game and also kind of the Islanders' season overall because this was the last game and, and they made the playoffs, so it was a pretty big deal. When you look at the game, you see the best players produce in the best moments. And Brock Nelson had two goals and an all-star for the Islanders, a big player for the team this year. And going to overall, I mean, a team that fought hard. I mean, the whole season, ups and downs, uh, the lows were very low at points where I was even considering the playoffs aren't an option at all for this team and a rebuild should happen. But in the end, they went crazy after the Bo Horvat trade and they found a way to make it into the playoffs. The Islanders got the job done in the regular season, and what a season. There were so many up-and-down moments. Through it all, the Islanders persevered. Now they are in the playoffs. Experiencing the Islanders clinch a playoff spot in Game 82, the final game of the season, on home ice, is a moment for me that will last a lifetime. Thank you to all of the awesome people I interviewed at the game, and a special thank you to Anthony Smith and Matt Dragoto for sharing insight on the Islanders. I've been your host, Dominic Esposito, and as always, let's go Islanders, and I will catch you guys next time.